The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Yo sé bien que estoy afuera, pero el día que yo me muera, sé que tendrás que Welcome to another episode of Mind Matters, the Cinco de Mayo edition. Now, yes, we are pre-recording. Yes, it is officially Cinco de Mayo, a.k.a. the 5th of May, the day after the 4th of May, which apparently is Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. And some people are calling the 5th Revenge of the 5th. Interesting, hilarious, but still, it's Cinco de Mayo. This episode will not air until Thursday, which I believe is supposed to be May 11th. So I apologize, but hey, it's pre-emphasized, that is pre-recorded, and that's how we roll most of the times now because... It takes a while to have the peace of mind and the quiet and the studio free for hours at a time to record. Mexi's a busy guy, okay? So I can't always have that much time during the week. So I take advantage, pencil down my thoughts, and basically spew the episodes whenever I have free time, which, as you know, most of the time... It's when I'm on the road, and today is no different. Now, let us kick off by saying, or re-emphasizing, because every year I get asked the same nonsense, every year I cover the same thing. Three common misconceptions about Cinco de Mayo. Number one, Americans think it's Mexican Independence Day. That is not the case. Mexico is the only awesome country that has technically two independence days September 15th going on September 16th because it technically starts leading up to midnight on the 15th which then turns into the 16th of September hence the two different days yes we're just that awesome second misconception of Cinco de Mayo is that it is a big holiday in Mexico it it is not it is not now you may wonder why, then what, what it, if Cinco de Mayo is not the Independence Day, what is it? Okay, we celebrate the Battle of Puebla, Puebla being a city and also a state in Mexico of 1862, which is where basically the, have you ever seen the movie The 300? 
That's basically what happened. Only the 301. Um, Mex- the, you know the the lesser troops of Mexico defeated France in the war in Puebla, and France had one of the most dominant armies back then, led by Napoleon, and we whooped his butt. That's what we celebrate. And technically, in Mexico, it is not that big of a celebration. The only place that really celebrates it's is Puebla because that's where the battle happened. Nobody has the day off work in Mexico. Nobody drinks margaritas and gets trashed. No, that does not happen. Now, well then, how did this become to be basically the Mexican version of St. Patty's Day? Look, Americans and Hispanics that immigrated into America, you know, Chicanos basically took it as a celebration of, you know, the fight against oppression. So that's why people think maybe it's Independence Day. It is not. And over time, you know, beer companies and alcohol vendors, you know, marketed it as like a Mexican holiday. And everybody just, you know, basically gets drunk and drinks tequila and margaritas on Cinco de Mayo. I've been guilty of doing that. But hey, it is not a big holiday. It is not Mexican Independence Day. It's kind of like the same way, like, St. Paddy's Day has become the Irish drink day here in the U.S. It's technically St. Patrick's Day, the patron saint of Ireland, that is commemorated on that day. And we just, you know, get drunk on St. Paddy's Day. Hey, Americans can get drunk on Cinco de Mayo. That's fine. You want to have a beer? You want to have a tequila? All I ask is it's a Mexican beer. Okay? Now, this leads me to misconception number three. No and no and no. You are not allowed to be wearing sombreros, fake mustaches, um, you know, any other kind of Mexican attire unless you're actually Mexican. There is... On St. Paddy's Day, I wear my St. Paddy's Day suit. It is not me dressing up as an Irish dude or like an Irish leprechaun. I basically wear a green and black suit. That's what I do. That is allowed. You want to wear Mexican colors? That's fine. But please do not degrade yourself or our country by wearing a freaking sombrero when you have nothing to do with Mexico. I can wear a sombrero on Cinco de Mayo and I don't because it's not something you should be doing. It's not National Sombrero Day. I'm not even sure there is a National Sombrero Day. But anyways, I'm just saying, please don't do that. Misconception number three, that you're allowed to do that? No. Mm-mm. Now, if you know a Mexican and have gotten permission, then sure. I'll, I'll even consider that. But fake mustaches, sombreros, no. Dressing like a Mexican Indian, No. Or Mexican luchador? No. If you, unless you're Mexican, definitely not. Because how would you like it if, you know, I if, if you're Japanese and I dressed as a geisha on Victory Over Japan Day? Or if I started dressing like a French baguette or, you know, in French attire, ha, 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 wee, 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 on uh, Bastille Day? No. No. Oktoberfest, same thing. Oktoberfest is not a German national independence day. Or, I mean, you know, holiday. It's just a celebration. Nobody should be dressing as 
Germans unless you are of German descent or are actually German and are hosting your own brewery on Oktoberfest. Now, that being said, we have many things to cover on this single de Mayo edition of the podcast, episode 74. Um, it seems that we have not discussed previous events, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, starting off with, you know, weekend of April 21st and 22nd, Mex- Mexi was in Salt Lake City for the Salt Lake City Marathon. That was a fun time. It was my first time going to Utah. Um, now, I will say this. Many things to discuss about how Utah runs shit. They're basically Mormon over there, which they're allowed to have multiple wives. I get that. Okay, that seems appealing. But they don't drink alcohol. To which they have the lowest BAC level out of all the states per law. 0.05. That is way lower than 0.08, which means that one beer and you're not even allowed behind the wheel. Now, mind you, they don't have good beers either because who drinks? Mormons don't. And everybody else who's there that's not Mormon, I mean, shit, I would not move to Utah just based on those two things alone. Get the fuck out of here. Utah. Now, I will say Salt Lake City, the city itself was kind of nice. It reminded me of Switzerland. It kind of looks like that, that big, bigger... American city with um, with a touch of freshness from the mountains that are around. And they have mountains everywhere and then some of them still have snow because they're like basically the Rockies. And others that are not so high don't have any snow. You know, it, it, it reminded me a lot of Switzerland when I was living there with the Alps not too far away. Mind you, of course, Lausanne is nothing near as big as Salt Lake City, but, you know, that's basically the feel I got of it. Now, the marathon was on Saturday. And, um, I got there Friday morning. I stayed with my brother's girlfriend, Kelsey. She is in med school, or, I'm sorry, in residency. Um, so... She was working, so I decided to go check out the expo. The expo itself was not that big, but they had free entry into this fitness expo that was right next door. And, uh, man, I think it was huge. I got a lot of free goodies. And there was this indie promotion, um, ultra championship wrestling, that for 10 bucks you could get in the ring and duke it out with the wrestlers. I mean, I now mind you, I'm not currently watching the product, but I love me the chance to get in the ring. I mean, WWE lets you do that, and you pay thousands of dollars just to get in the ring with the superstars. This was basically ten minutes for ten bucks. You get in the ring, and it seemed like they were teaching me for like a good thirty minutes. Like I learned, they're like, "Oh wow, you actually know." What's going on? I'm like, yeah, I know how to run the ropes. I know how to go and do a, a, a front roll. And then they're like, we'll do a back roll this way. Tuck your head in. They taught me how to do bumps, which bumps in itself, 
are super complicated. There's a lot of things that go into taking a bump in wrestling. Your chin has to be tucked in. You have to remember to breathe out. You got to slam the mat. And that's just one bump. Imagine like a slam or something else. Jumping off the top rope. Which, by the way, not a big fan of because, uh, yeah, kind of kind of have a thing about heights. Now, I did slingshot my way into the ring and out of the ring, Seth Rollins style. So, I was actually doing that. Um, they asked me towards the end, hey, do you have any weird requests? And I said, yes, can one of you please give me a people's elbow? And the bigger guy of the bunch was like, all right, I'll do it. So, he was like, take your bump. And then he did the people's elbow. And... As you're laying there looking up, you're like, fuck, this guy's going to kick kick my ass. He's going to drop this elbow. It's going to hurt like hell. No, everything's done so, like, calculated that the elbow just rolls right off of you. You don't even hurt. I didn't even have a bruise from said elbow. It was awesome. I mean, I had a fun time. And then they also had, like, American Ninja Warrior stuff. You know, around that uh, one could try. I didn't do that because obviously, you know, taking the bumps in the ring was already, you know, enough workout for somebody who's running a marathon the next day. So then I walked around, you know, and got around the city with Uber. Went to Kelsey's apartment, kind of chilled there, got myself ready. Um... That was actually the longest time I ever spent in an expo. The next day, ran the race. Now, mind you, I this was coming off of Boston, okay? So, that Monday, I had done Boston. Fast forward to Saturday, and I'm doing the freaking Salt Lake City Marathon, okay? And the city's kind of slanted to the left. So, every time we would turn left, we would, like, be going down uphill, so it was kind of it had some hills, had some rolling hills. Um, I decided to coast it because you know what, whatever. I wasn't going for time, and I was sore, uh, possibly still injured because of my blisters. I made sure to tape those bad boys up pretty nicely, and uh, you know, no big deal. I, w- I finished the race five hours twenty five minutes, and uh, luckily they had free massages at the end, so I didn't have to pay for one when I got back home. So, but that was my, my, my trip to Utah. I celebrated with Kelsey later that Saturday um, evening. We, uh, her and a few of her resident friends went to this bar and I had some food and drinks. And then coming back Sunday morning, early Sunday morning. Now, all the spiel about um, the airlines, you know, hey, I flew United on the way there. No issues whatsoever. And on the way back, I flew Delta. Even less of issues with Delta. Um, On the way there through Chicago and on the way back through Minneapolis. I actually barely made it to my connected flight on the way back. But I flew out of Dayton because it was a lot easier. And I would like to thank Money Mike for picking me up and taking me to the airport. Um, Again, fun times in Utah. Came back. Um... Ashley and of course Emily were wishing me good luck and sending me you know texty text the entire time now I will say this 
as I said, I would not move to Utah. But I'm glad that state is done with. I may come back, you know, in the following, in the next state, in the next months or so, because I found out that I could actually tweak my schedule um, to help me because that way I could only, I only have to go back one more time and take care of Utah by doing, uh, not Utah, take care of uh, Idaho and Wyoming who are right there um, by flying to Salt Lake City and then just running a car and driving up. There's this race called the Bear, Bear Lake Marathon Series that's it's got three marathons in three days, one in each state, uh, Idaho, Wyoming, and Utah. I don't have to do the Utah version anymore because, hey, I'll be, you know, having done Salt Lake City, I, I'll be okay with that state already. So just have to do the other two, and that I would have to take Thursday, Thursday and Friday off. I think it's June 15th and 16th, but, hey, it's one flight. I can stay with Kelsey. My brother Enrique is going to be over there visiting too. Um, and then just knock those two out. And I chalked up my my uh, map. And now it kind of bothers me that Utah is not connected to the rest of the colored states. So, yeah. I'm going to have to... Eventually, it will be touching other states because North Dakota is getting done here in, in the second. And... Uh, June 11th, I got Colorado, so they'll be touching. But hey, um, yeah, it kind of my OCD kind of kicks in when I see that. But anyways, that was my Utah trip. So let's let's keep it rolling. Um, the following weekend, you know, work had me representing Team KNR, uh, so I had to leave work that next Friday. Uh, I believe it was the 28th at two to make it to Akron. For the Walk of Heroes, celebrating, well, not celebrating, like, uh, walking a mile, you know, for uh, speaking up against rape. Okay, fun. Um, they wanted us there at 445 for the team picture. For some reason, the walk didn't even start till 6, and it's a mile. So, I'm like, okay, could we get this one-mile walk over with? I mean, yeah. And it kind of seemed like... Aside from our job and then the Teeks, uh, one of the fraternities from the University of Akron, nobody else gave two shits about this charity. Uh, we obviously raised the most money. Uh, we got recognized for that, and it's something we do every year, apparently. So, I mean, fun. I mean, okay, we we all for that. Okay, I have no problem representing... What my company, you know, the charitable, the charitable donations they like to do. Hey, they sponsor me. I give back. No big deal. And then, uh, so I, I, I was up there. I stayed the night. And then, uh, so, um, that Saturday I had to go to a high school to get my bib from the expo. I actually was supposed to wear three bibs because I was participating as part of my team, my company's uh, team relay. So they were using my opening 5.4 miles of, the, of that marathon, the whole thing marathon in, Ken in Kenton, as part of the first leg of the five-team relay. Because they had two teams of five 
two, two relay teams for that race. So since I was already signed up to do the whole thing, they decided, hey, you'll be captain of team two. Your opening leg will be will represent that first leg. I'm like, okay. So I had to go pick up my bibs. Um, so I'm wearing three, apparently wearing three bibs for the opening first 5.4 miles. Kind of threw me off because I always wear my bib on the right thigh on my shorts. But now I had three bibs. So one that was like basically lassoed around my waist that I had to pass on to the person doing the second leg. And then another one. So I basically put on my left thigh because I, I mean, I had nowhere else to put it. And, you know, I basically hung out in Canton. And then I got to stay with Emily that, uh, that um, Saturday. Uh, the night before, we had gone out to the bar, you know, and had some drinks. And it was fun. And we, we had, now I'm not going to lie, we, we had the talk. And that's the thing, you know, I never initiate the talk. Never. I wait. Five dates or a month, usually, is what it takes before the girl brings up the talk. And the issue is, like, okay, Ashley's the closest one to, to doing the talk. But we haven't got, had the talk yet because she's not bringing it up. I never bring it up. I don't have to. And she lives heading towards Dayton, kind of far. But I mean, same thing. Emily lives up by Akron or North Canton. Okay. So it's not like the talk is necessary, but I mean, Ashley and I kind of call each other babe and you know we're heading in a good direction I guess but then Emily decides to have to talk and I'm like look you want more I want more sure I mean technically it's a slight violation of platinum rule but hey whatever if you want more and I want more sure let's put all our cards on the table and then she brought up or it was brought up because here's the thing with Emily. Like I find out stuff about her, and before she even tells me, and then she eventually tells me, or she finds out something about me that I may have not told her, and then I'm like, well, I mean, you never asked. You had you asked, I would have told you. Um, whereas you do things that I know about, and you never tell me, so you can't, you know, get get upset for basically. Using the same logic. Because she's tried to, you know, mess around with some of the attorneys and back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, I'm not a big fan of that. But, and she was like, well, look, if if we put our cards on the table and we're going to make this work, I've never done distance, so I'll stop talking to people. If you stop talking to people, I'm like, All right, well, uh, I guess, sure, why not? So, but then there's Ashley. And, oh, it's kind of, not, not, I would say a messy situation. It's more like, it's more like I'm sort of dating two girls. It's basically what it is. 
Now, until Ashley formally has the talk with me and we're basically, hey, we're dating, we're an item. I mean, I'm more leaning to side with M. Dizzle because she sees me more. And she has said that she's going to try and come to Columbus. And I basically stayed at her place that Saturday. And then the race was Sunday. And she came, you know, to support. uh, Work had a water station at mile 22.8. I basically did that marathon in like five hours. Um, It was flatter than normal is what they said. But it was still a little little bit of hills. And and it was an out-and-back. I hate the out-and-back format because they make you run to the finish line so you do this giant loop run to the finish line but before you get there if you're doing the full marathon they make you go in reverse and do the exact same course backwards to end up back where you started and that's the actual finish line i hate that kind of nonsense and you know i i was i was going too fast in the first half my left knee popped I decided, you know, I got to slow down to conserve my energy for the Flying Pig, which is where I'm going to on this Cinco de Mayo day. But, hey, you turned me on. Uh, I will say that course was not well supplied with food. It had water and Gatorade, but with the heat, it was like 87 degrees that day, and it felt hotter. And I got sunburned. My my feet were okay. No, no blisters, but... I basically had to pour water over my head every time, every water station. Because the water was basically, they didn't have ice. So the water was basically hot as fuck and the Gatorade was sticky by the time you got to the water stations. Um, Not well prepared. They had two stations of goose. Again, the goose were kind of gooey by the time you got there because it was hot. I had my own supply of goose that I took. And it was the first ever marathon. And all the ones I've done... Where I legit went through all my goose. I like seven of them. I went through all of them. The last water station was at mile 23 and a half, 24. And that sucked. Because you still had about 20 minutes of no water. Luckily, there was some old lady with her hose spraying you down. That helped you helped you finish and survive. But it was, it was, it was, it was a tough one. I will say um, some of the... Some of the moments during that race, I, you know, the mile markers, I kind of remind, it kind of reminded me of when I collapsed from heat exhaustion at the first Ironman attempt in Louisville back in 2014. And the whole time I'm like, don't pass out, don't pass out, don't pass out. Just eat something, go slower, do whatever you have to do. Just don't pass out. Of course, both KNR team relays, you know, relay teams passed me because, you know, they got fresh legs. Fuck. But hey, I, I took care of business, then uh, Emily and I got food, then came back to Columbus, went straight to work for Gotham Soccer League. That's how I roll. But now, you know, as I drive to Cincinnati for the Skyline Chili Challenge, like I said, this time it's a one-mile race later tonight, then a 5K and a 10K on Saturday, and then Sunday the Flying Pig. And I'm staying with my cousins, you know, even though attorney Jack Law offered for, to have me stay at his place in Westchester. I'm like, no, 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 I got this. Well, I'll stay 
you know, I'll stay with my cousins while I'm good. I get more medals, and that's the only reason I'm redoing the Flying Pig. Now, for the Canton Marathon, I got two medals. One for the relay and one for the full. So, hey, double glory. I like that. More medals, awesome. So, yeah. To, to sum up, basically, I am sort of... I guess you could say I'm dating Ashley or seeing Ashley. You would have to ask her because I really don't label that. I mean, it is what it is. I have no problem calling her bae. I don't have no problem texting her, talking to her. She sends me kisses. You know, it's it's fine. I invite her all the time to do stuff. She hardly ever says yes. She always has her medical shit going on. Which, again, and that's kind of what bothers me with that scenario is that, you know, I see her. We're friends on Snapchat and we're friends on Facebook now. So I see when she goes out driving about. I see her hanging out with people. She went to a Reds game. Okay, so you're able to do all of that, yet you have mono. Oh, that was the excuse. I see why we couldn't go to the aquarium. You had mono. So, it's not contagious. It is contagious because, I mean, I'm not touching you if it is. I don't want to get mono. Get the fuck out of here. But anyways, um, I'll try and see if I can make the Maniac Dinner in Cincy on Saturday night. Um, I was able to do meet some Maniacs on, uh, on the Saturday evening before the Hall of Fame Marathon. And here's the thing with meeting new maniacs. I I mean, I always assume that if you're older and you've been a maniac or you, you wear maniac gear and you look older, that you're a seasoned marathon runner. And I'll and, and, and I'll talk about my races. They're like, oh, dude, I admire you is what they say. I'm like, oh, man, you've done a lot. And I'm like, well, I mean... Not, I mean, I guess. And then I find out that, like, there was this this guy, Randy. He was like, oh, I'm the ambassador of Oklahoma City, but for the half fanatics. I'm like, oh, so you only do halves? He's like, yeah. I'm like, so how long have you been a maniac? And it wasn't as long as I have. So I had a guy who's only been a maniac in, like, a year. I'm like, what? Like, I thought you had at least 40 races under your belt. Get the fuck out of here. And then this chick, Sandy, she's older than me. I don't know what her deal is. She's always up in my beeswax. Um, she joined the Columbus Maniac Ambassador page or Facebook page asking to, you know, if we had an ambassador. Um, clearly, if the Facebook page is already up and running, that means we have an ambassador, a.k.a. me. I, when I was in Boston, I was honored to be the Columbus ambassador for the Marathon Maniacs. That's my 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 new position with them. It allows me 50% off gear. After a year of service, I am basically a maniac for life. I'm pretty sure that means that I don't have to pay dues ever again. My dues are up today and you have to have 10, more than 10 races done. Hey, I have fucking 50. 52 now if you count Canton, Ohio. So yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm in the clear. Um... 
So, no, she's all about, oh, yeah, pre-race dinners, blah, yada, yada, yada. She was the one that mainly organized it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, Canton, Ohio doesn't have that many maniacs. Columbus itself doesn't have that many maniacs. It's basically her, myself, and a few others. And then I put up stuff. And every time I put up stuff, she has to make a comment. Like, I put up something about a, a single number 5K today. She was like, oh, Alex, are you doing it? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, I'll be there. I don't see you in the in the participants page. Really? You looked me up in the participants page. And now I don't think she knows my full name. Like my Facebook is under Alex Ferrari. So there's no way she knows my legal name. I mean, I don't think I told her my name is Alex Ferria and if she inquired, I mean, Alex Ferria, okay. So I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? Get the fuck out of here. So I, I'm like, oh, the excellent excuse is it's under my legal name. For all she knows, it's Alejandro Ferrer Arias, my old name. That I legally changed, but she doesn't need to know that. So yeah. You know, whatever. What's she going to do? Go through all the A's? I'm pretty sure it's a 5K and doesn't have a list of all the participants. And if so, I'm pretty sure there's another Alex in there. But hey, whatever, bitch. Just calm the fuck down. I, I resent some kind of... I sent some kind of resentment. That I'm the ambassador and not her. I don't know why. I've, I'm pretty sure I have more accolades than her. When it comes to marathon running. like, And that's the other thing I want to talk about. Because... When it comes to marathons, there's certain things that drive me nuts, but I also want to bring up her, Sandy, and what she did in Canton with what what recently has been happening with Derek Murphy and the marathon investigation and basically all his spiel about bib mules and people cheating at Boston and other marathons to get to Boston and whatnot. But we'll get to that in a second. So, Sandy, you know, get the fuck out of here. She... A friend requested me, you know, whatever. I'll see if I add her or what the scenario is. You know, I'll I'll figure it out. So, but but what I was going to say. Okay, so Derek Murphy researches results from the Boston Marathon and finds these, these discrepancies. And, you know, he found a few discrepancies, you know, in the Boston Marathon this year. Well, guess what? It was a hot fucking day. So a lot of people did worse than normal. And guess what? It shows in the results. But what's that? Does that mean they cheated? No. He didn't. He hasn't posted anything that concretely shows, hey, these people have cheated. It's just he showed the discrepancies and which marathons are easiest to get a Boston qualifying time. Oh, wow. Great. I thought you had an algorithm, dude. So, this algorithm, like, not even, not even a, uh, this algorithm, not even a full, well, that hasn't been a full month, but not even three weeks later, has not been able to tell us exactly who's cheating. Hmm. Go figure. Yeah, it's called research and looking at results and doing math. That's not an algorithm. That's just anybody can do that. So, 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, you need a better hobby, dude. Get the fuck out of here. But I will say this. Um, he did post up some decent articles about people who um, basically scan and forge Boston Marathon bibs. And, you know, they got to run Boston. Okay, well, that's fine and dandy. You know, because that means you don't really need to go to the expo to get the bib because you have a forged bib. Um, and you're allowed in when you get there. But then, here's my thing. When you post your pictures with your medals at the end, take your bib off or hide it. Like, the fact that you're showing these bibs is insane because... That just means that you're an idiot and you want to get caught. But then, here's the thing. He also had an article about this dad. Well, I don't think it was a dad. I think it was a husband. This guy. No, I think it was a dad too. Anyways, uh, some guy ran Boston. And when he finished, somehow got a second medal. And gave it to his wife. And, you know, he posted about it. He got caught. It was this whole up, uproar on social media and the, and the marathon running community. Because he took an extra medal and gave it to his wife. And he first said, you know, this medal is for my wife because she's had to put up with so much for me training yada 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 but it also seems like he did it as part of some kind of program so he just didn't necessarily train to get a bus of qualifier if I'm not mistaken to get into the race but um, who cares I mean first off if he flat out stole the medal like he was given a medal he has one around... Okay, here's the thing. He has a medal around his neck when he finishes. In order to get another medal, you have to be given the medal. So if he was given a second medal, that's not on him. I mean, I'm not going to... I'm not... Am I the only one that's not as pissed if he did that? Like, okay. If you finish Boston, you immediately get your medal around your neck. Let's just assume he hid the medal. He took it off, put it in his pocket, then was given a second medal. It's still not his fault. I mean, he probably took it off, put it in his pocket, you know, to wear later. And some idiot gave him another medal. Now, if he flat out took the medal, okay, maybe a little bit, you know. Hey, dude, that's not cool. But, I mean, I can see myself doing that if I... Had a wife and, you know, wanted to commemorate the fact that she put up with me training or running the Boston Marathon. If I had a, a wife and kids. I mean, I, I get that. So, what the fuck? Like, to me, that's no big deal. Like, mind your fucking business, Derek. Like, she, Jesus, Lord. Like, who cares? I've seen worse things in marathon running that piss me off that should be banned, but they're not. Why don't we investigate that, huh, Derek Murphy? Why don't we spend your time investigating things that piss me off, that should piss off most people? Because I've asked, now, I've asked 
people in my running club and other runners. And some of them see my way, some don't. So I will give you that, okay? But it pisses me off. And if it pisses me off 50% of the people that run, then yeah. And most normal people that I ask, they don't like it either. So why don't we research that, okay? How about we prevent people from walking and running marathons? That drives me nuts. Now, if you do it professionally to like where you're Kenyan fast and you run like the, the first half and then walk the second, uh, that's going to piss me off. But yeah, I, I mean, I get it because you're capable of finishing a marathon. But there's a lot of people who run, walk, run, walk. Most of them finish after me. They should not be allowed to run, walk because they're basically walking every other half mile. So... If you add that up, you're walking basically half the race. And you're not decently fast. Or e- fuck, even if you finish in the three between three and four hours, or actually three and five hours, if that's your average time for your marathon and you walk more than a mile of the race, that should be banned. Then you should be disqualified. It is marathon running. Even when I walk, my, and that's a walk jog Like I'm still keeping two feet off the ground It is slow enough to average a 13-14 minute mile But it's not technically walking I pride myself in my marathons That I have done two things I've always finished within the time limit Assigned to a race And I've always Ran Like I've never walked more than a mile of a marathon And the only time walking should be allowed, and it's usually not more than a mile, is when you go up hills like doing these trail marathons. I get that, okay? If you're doing a trail marathon, like an actual legit trail marathon, you should be allowed to walk uphill if it's a steep hill. I get that. But that is it. So how about we concentrate on that? Or, hey, like, I'm bringing back up Sandy from the race... In uh, the Hall of Fame marathon She signs up for the full She's a maniac, right? There was a few maniacs who signed up for the full And because it was too hot Or probably because they weren't going to finish Within the allotted time Dropped down to do the half Okay One, I looked on the website I'm pretty sure it didn't say you were allowed to do that But if you wanted to stop at the halfway mark Okay You better have not grabbed a half Marathon finishers medal Because that is even worse Than the guy who gave An extra medal to his wife First off, every marathon Has enough medals to cover The participants and then some So the fact that this guy rewarded His wife with an extra medal That it doesn't say how he got the medal But hey, if some idiot gave him an extra medal I would take it too And give it to my wife or give it to somebody else I'm okay with that But I'm not okay with Because it's technically This is Also considered stealing Why is this not an issue If you run And sign up for the full But only do the half Okay you paid for the full But you did not finish Because if you kept going You would either not finish Within the time limit Or something would happen to you Pass out whatever If the race does not allow you To drop down to a lower Distance 
you should not be getting A, your marathon medal, because technically you did not finish the marathon distance, and B, you sure as hell should not be getting a half marathon medal, because guess what? You didn't sign up to do the half, and you just took a medal that could have been given to somebody else who actually signed up to do the half. If you sign up to do the half, then you're fine. But that's technically stealing a medal too. So if, if you're okay with that, but not with the guy who gives one to his wife, then you're a hypocrite. Because they're technically both stealing. Now, I am more pissed at the person who drops to do the half because the guy who ran the Boston Marathon paid the 355 bucks, finished the full distance, and I'm pretty sure, unless I'm proven, unless proven otherwise, some idiot gave him an extra medal. I'm okay with that because how many times have we been at the store, like I once was at the store and the idiot that was selling me the Red Bull didn't swipe it right and it somehow said that I owed him $2.50 and I was basically buying like two or three Red Bulls. And he didn't even think twice that, you know, it didn't cross his mind that that was illogical. If you're that much of an idiot, I'm not going to tell you, hey, oh, hey, I should be paying $7.50. No. You're an idiot. You let me get away with free shit. I'm going to take it. As my ex twice removes dad used to say, Randy, somebody always pays. But yeah, guess what, Randy? Somebody always pays, but doesn't have to be me. So, and somebody's that much of an idiot and sells me three Red Bulls for the price of one, that's on him. He pays. If somebody gives a guy two Boston medals, that's not on him. He wants to give one to his wife. He can do so, okay? Like, the fact that everybody was so much in such an uproar that he had to basically post a retraction apologizing? No. Like, are you serious? Get the fuck out of here. Like, okay. Oh, oh, now I feel better because he posted a, an apology. Get the fuck out of here. You really basically shamed the guy and made him feel bad about honoring his wife to the point where he had to post this long ass shit about being sorry for stealing a medal. No. No, 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 no. Shame on you guys for making him do that. Fuck that shit. Now, again, like I said, how are you not upset with people who drop to do a shorter distance when they clearly, if they kept going for the full distance, they would not be able to finish? That's technically a DNF. DNF means no medal, no goodies. Sorry. And it drives me nuts that maniacs do that. There was a, guy, a maniac who did that, because, and, and then he has the audacity, you know, the day before at the pre-race dinner to say, I've never DNF'd a race. Um, if you constantly do that, that's technically a DNF. Because you, you ended up doing the half, get the fuck out of here. That bothers me. And it should be cracked down upon, the same thing with the walking during a marathon, because it's, I mean... You should not be walking during a marathon. If you're walking during a fucking marathon, you're an idiot. Why you signed up for a marathon if you are going to walk the majority of the race? 
You should be, I don't know, you should be doing your own marathon. You should be doing your own marathon and not wasting people's time and money and other resources because you want to prove yourself, yet you walk the majority of the fucking time. The fuck out of here. That should not be allowed. But anyways, like I said, I'm going to the Flying Pig. Um, I'll probably going to coast to smaller races and then, you know, save some energy for the full. I still got to work on Sunday. But hey, technically, we're revigorating how we do the sports podcast. Because, you know, we're, you know, we noticed that it's not getting as many listens as the Tuesday podcast. So, you know, I'm going to talk about other stuff, you know, on Thursdays, um, podcasts. So this will air next Thursday, episode 74. Uh, I I believe this past episode uh, on Thursday, uh, 72, we had the DX special. So, hey, you know, we're mixing things up. Not necessarily sports. DX special, bam, there you go. This week, we talked about recent events. How Mexi's technically dating two girls. They don't know about each other. Hey. I was aiming to go have a schedule going on. But then guess what happened? The one Williams quit work. You know. And uh, had a job supposedly lined up. But then, oh, the job didn't fall through. No, you're an idiot. If you quit, quit a good paying job to supposedly go back to school. But then I see on Snap that you're basically not doing nothing all week long. And your job didn't fall. Did you know the job that you had lined up didn't didn't happen? Um, why would you put in your two weeks notice if the other job is not even secure yet? Oh, but it was. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. You're gonna go back to be a waitress? No, get the fuck out of here. Too much drama. No, you know whatever. Fuck that shit. You know, and too close to the other Emily for comfort. You know. No, 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 no. Now I will say. This about Emily, it's like, I, I stayed there and my main concern staying with her on that Saturday of the Hall of Fame Marathon was that her cats, that she, had, she has like three or four cats, her cats would give me allergies. Surprisingly, no. It's like, hey, those cats are okay. And I'm not allergic to cats and dogs, it's just depending on the breed, some of them give me allergies, some don't. But you never know, it's just pretty hit or miss. So, hey, oh, and speaking of the Hall of Fame Marathon, I did happen to check out the NFL, you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame. It looks small on the outside, but it's definitely big inside, and it's got stuff. It's got all the rings. It's got, like, each section, like, the past, you know, the 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, now. They asked me if I wanted to meet some Browns former player, Hall of Famer that was being... You know, enshrined, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm good, thank you. They had a lot of Tom Brady jerseys, you know, they had the Lombardi trophy. Uh, they said you're not allowed to take pictures, but I was taking a lot of pictures, so yeah, fuck that. Um, the, I got in for free because it was technically, you know, part of the, the bib. You got a free ticket to get in. They wanted me to pay 10 bucks to park. There's barely any parking outside the thing, and so I had to park like two streets over. They're like, well, it's 10 bucks to park. I'm like, um, I didn't park there, so no. 
I am not paying you 10 bucks to park if I literally have to walk over here. Fuck you. But hey, it was a fun time. I like to cross that off my list. Um, Flying Pig, I mean, I've done the race before, so I'm not going to do a lot of sightseeing. I mean, in Cincinnati, I've been there quite a few times. But hey, like I said, this episode, we're talking about more stuff going on in the life of Mexi than sports. Mexi's dating two chicks, cutting out, you know, the nonsense. Skinny Aaron, not sure what's going on there. So, you know, for now, we'll just say I'm dating two. Skinny Aaron, not, I don't know, we don't hang out. We don't go out as much. I mean, the other day she asked me about Juan and Marianella, who she basically, you know, slept with Juan back in the day after myself. And uh, she's still obsessed about that. I mean, I mean, asking me questions about are they married, are they not married. I mean, you're an attorney. Can you do research? I mean, who cares? Why did Juan even change his name from Juan Rojos to Juan Mendoza? I don't fucking know. Why are you looking up, like, divorce paperwork in the court of common pleas? Like, seriously? Like, do you not have lawyer stuff to do? Like, fuck. Brittany the runner? I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, hey, she's Cassie's friend, so... Cassie may have a crush on me I don't know We'll see But hey I can't really Do both It's kind of like the Emily's I eventually had to pick one Emily And I did Um, But yeah Brittany Runner I mean we hung out at Boston But She's very terrible I hate it when girls are terrible At responding to text It's just It's such a turn off Like Are you really that retarded That you can't respond to a text and when I see people that like don't check their emails on their phone, like they'll have like that notification icon and it's like over 10. No, oh, that's ridiculous. Or over 10 for text, but you can't respond to people. Fuck out of here. You shouldn't have a smartphone if that's the case. Um, trying to think of anybody else that I was talking to that kind of have to cut out. Oh, Michelle from Boston. That I'm supposed to hang out when I go to Boston But now Emily might want to come with I, I mean I don't know Well you know Boston The week after Cincy Because I'm doing main marathon up there So I don't know Well I don't know if I'll hang out with Michelle I have no idea She said yeah but she's terrible at responding text too So no And sometimes hey I have no shame okay Sometimes when you plant these seeds in, Of girls In Talent to the outside of where you live You know You're trying to play the role of the sexless innkeeper And it's kind of you know Running allows you to do that Because my policy is no fucking around The night before a marathon So that rule allows me To play perfectly the role Of the sexless innkeeper You scratch people's back They scratch yours You have a place to stay Bound soft You may have sex after you run the marathon But hey Perks of the job My second job Running marathons But hey Because It is technically Supposed to be a sports podcast We do have sports updates To give Um, Champions League Soccer Is in the semi-finals Real Madrid's up 3-0 On Atletico Madrid And Juventus is up 2-0 After the first leg On Monaco By the time this airs We'll know what the final is So we'll bring that to you At a later podcast But hey I don't understand how Monaco loses at home 2-0. I mean, you're basically done. If I find out that you end up somehow came back 
and Juventus lost in Italy. Juventus, you should drink some bleach. Well, Madrid, I mean, it's in the same city, but different stadium. I don't understand how Atletico Madrid lets Ronaldo basically walk around and score three goals. He is good. You shouldn't just leave him wide open. But Atletico, if you somehow come back and win this, being three goals down, I mean, Real, Real was at home, so they're not three away goals. Like, you know, Juventus had two away goals. So Monaco basically has to win, score three to even make it through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Atletico comes back, shit. Actually, I if Atletico against Monaco ends up being the final of the Champions League, I am not watching that nonsense. Real Madrid against whoever. Juventus against whoever. I'll watch. Um, Atletico, Juventus. Yeah, Aglet- well, actually, no, yeah, no. If... If it's Real Monaco, I'll watch. Real Juventus, definitely. That's my my go-to. Uh, Juventus, Atletico, I'd watch. Monaco, Atletico, I would not watch. No, that would be terrible. But anyways, that's enough of the soccer news. Uh, NBA playoffs. Mexi got most of the predictions right for the first round. We're in the second round of the playoffs. Boston is currently up 2-1 against Washington. They really don't like each other. A lot of fighting and shoving and going around in those, in, in those matches. You know, those games. But hey, Isaiah Thomas, you know, is playing awesome. IT4. Um, but yeah, Washington has a chance to tie it up going into game four in D.C. Uh, LeBron and the Cavs are dominating Toronto. Surprise, surprise. You know, I don't even understand why Toronto even tries. Like, Toronto has the same record as Cleveland because Cleveland decided to play it easy at the end of the regular season. But we all know Cleveland's the dominant, the more dominant team. They should sweep Toronto. I mean, it's not even on game three yet. Toronto, I don't see Toronto winning more than a game. I could be wrong. But hey, I would love to see Toronto make a game out of a, a series out of this and possibly still steal the series. I would love it. Because we're going to touch about something else here in a second that I need to talk about regarding the LeBron. But we'll get to that. Um, in the West, San Antonio got shocked in game one uh, against Houston. But now the series is tied 1 1 going into game three uh, in Houston. If I see nonsense where San Antonio wins game three or game four and ends up being 2-2 and Houston basically blew it by, you know, losing when if you win at the other team's place, you should lock down home core to win the series. That's just ridiculous. But hey, I still think San Antonio is the better team. I mean, I kind of don't want to see Houston win because... It's probably going to steal the MVP away from Russell Westbrook if Harden gets rid of the Spurs and makes it to the next round. Um, Golden State is up 2-0 on Utah. Utah won, you know, the best of seven, 4-3 against the Clippers. Ha-ha, the Clippers, as I've always said, are cursed for stealing CP3 from the Lakers. And now they're talking about blowing up the big three. Yeah, get rid of them. Fuck them. Fuck the Clippers. Give them somewhere else to play. Get them out of my Staples Center. 
And that's what they get And that's what CP3 gets For not being a Laker And for the league Basically stealing him From the Lakers Kobe would have Three more titles If it was Nash coming off the bench CP3 Dwight And Kobe But no The league Doesn't allow that to happen Oh but let's have LeBron Have all the help in the world On the Cavs So I'm glad they're, they're out And now Utah Utah's gonna get swept By the Gold, by Golden State Warriors That's just I mean I'm sorry Utah But I don't see you winning a game Sorry the, I mean Even without Durant Or Curry They're just too good Like no I mean The altitude might make you The quick turnaround of the altitude Might make you Maybe Maybe still one game But that's about it Get the fuck out of here Now Let's get to what I was gonna I wanted to talk about that has come up recently in sports And specifically basketball And it's driving me nuts uh, Colin Cower Has brought this up on his radio show And I kind of see The point that he's trying to make But it angers me Because athletes Are not playing the same position And athletes are not Given the same attributes When they start off So Basically, he was saying that it's unfair to compare LeBron to Michael Jordan and Kobe because LeBron has done more for his team at his age than the other two have when they were, you know, when they came to the Lakers and the Bulls. Michael Jordan did not have anybody, you know, he wasn't on the Bulls by himself. He had other people to lean on, Rodman, Pippen, whoever. He lost playoff rounds. Because, you know, he was facing the bad boys of the Detroit Pistons And, you know, that was back in Larry Bird's day When he came into the league At the same age, Michael Jordan and LeBron Have the same amount of titles And LeBron is still playing LeBron has 249 points He's 200, I mean, sorry He's third in points He's 249 points away From... Passing Michael as most points ever scored In the postseason I, th- I think this tally is before The last game So now I think he's second Or he's right there close to Michael He's like 200 some points away He's third all time in assists In the postseason Seventh in rebounds, third in steals, 21st in blocks Why is he sucking at blocks? I don't know But he's basically ca- Had Basically the argument is Stop comparing shit LeBron is the GOAT Because he's carried his franchises Since day one Okay Alright But newsflash fuckers He's played for the shitty Cavs This time around Yeah he's got a lot of great help But the first time around He had the Larry Hughes The Drew Goodens of the world Yeah um, I'd be racking up the assists too and the points, if I'm A in the East and B on a team that is so terrible that you, you're you making the playoffs because you're good. Now, I will say, also, LeBron's been accredited with having stiffer competition. Oh, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, the big three in Boston. Oh, Kobe. Uh, okay, um... Michael had Carmelo and Stockton had the Supersonics, 
the Trailblazers, the Suns, they had Barkley, the Knicks, uh, Reggie Miller and the Pacers were good. Yeah, he had stiff competition, and the defense was a lot harder back then than it is now. There's a lot more foul calling, and LeBron gets to the line quite a bit. Now, this is the same argument I always make with Shaq. Yes, yeah, Shaq was one of the most dominant centers, but it's Shaq. The fucking guy is huge. Basically, all he had to do was just uh, tap it in for a dunk. Oh, you give them the ball, bam, problem solved. Yeah, I could win that way too and put up 40 points if that's all I'm doing, but that takes no talent to do. He should have not gotten all three finals MVPs. Kobe deserved a lot more credit as a point guard slash shooting guard for the role he played in helping the Lakers win that first 3 And LeBron, this isn't the same category. LeBron is basically a small forward that has the body of a power forward. Technically, he can play all five positions. But that's because he's huge. Um, he was born that way. Or I don't know if he took stuff. Because I've seen nonsense articles that say that maybe he was taking supplements. I don't fucking know. But he's he looks huge. So if LeBron was as small as Kobe or Michael Jordan, he would suck more. If MJ or Kobe were that big, yeah, they would be more dominant than they were. Le- Kobe went to three straight finals. And won all three. He lost two. One to the Pistons and one to the Celtics. And then won two more. So technically he's five for seven in finals. A way better record than LeBron. Saying that LeBron has gone to six or seven straight finals means shit if he's only won three. That means he's under half of the percentage. He's less than 50% in finals. He lost to the nonsense Mavs who had one good player, Dirk Nowitzki. He lost to the aging Spurs. Oh, but then he's credited for, oh, he beat the Spurs. He also had the big three in Miami with a lot better help because after the first year, oh, shit, they needed Ray Allen to come down. So it was technically, I consider that big four because if Ray Allen was part of the big three in Boston and you're trying to give credit to LeBron for breaking them up, but then Ray Allen shows up in Miami, that's technically a big four. Which is unheard of until Durant went to the Warriors. And let's not forget also, Colin, that LeBron wanted to carry a franchise. He had his article in Sports Illustrated where he had a t- he, he had a picture tattooed on his back, the chosen one. The moment he was a senior in high school, he already knew he was going to be the next best thing, you know, since sliced bread. So get the fuck out of here. He should be judged more because he's had a bigger head and he basically refused to tell management the first time he was with the Cavs that he needed better help. They were just giving him nonsense help, like an older Shaq, and other shitty players. It took him wising up, going to Miami, to even get him two titles in four finals. Okay? Barely at 50% then. And since then, he lost 
the Warriors the first time round. But then, okay, they came back from a 3-1 down. Nobody's ever done that in the finals. He finally brought Cleveland home a title. I will give him credit for that. That will make me hate him less. But what I'm what's driving me nuts is you guys, the media, telling us that we can't judge him. That Michael Jordan was not a god. Michael Jordan had issues. Yeah, he did. I'm not saying Michael Jordan was a god. Michael Jordan had issues. He was a gambler. He technically took time off because his dad died. Oh, and we're going to give credit to LeBron for playing straight through. LeBron's dad's never died. So how about if LeBron's kid dies and he doesn't take a break from basketball, then we can talk about Michael taking a break, going to play baseball. He technically went to six straight finals because he, he, he didn't play when he was playing baseball. And what happened? The Bulls didn't, didn't make the finals. Hmm. They were so good enough to make the playoffs, but they didn't make the finals, huh? So technically, him as a player went to six straight finals, won all six, 100% record. Yeah, then he retired again, came back with the Wizards. Okay, he probably should have not done that. I commend Kobe for not coming back and playing for a shitty team. And actually, you know, going into venture capitalism or whatever he's doing now. Great. Maybe he wants to be part of eco management. That's fine too. But basically... No, I'm allowed to judge LeBron because he's asking for it. Oh, I'm sorry. A lot less now than before, but he has asked for it for so long. So, yeah, we're allowed to say that. And, okay, you, most of what you were saying was comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. Where's LeBron's comparison to Kobe? If he's that great and he's carried his team for so long and he's doing this... Because he's played in a lot more playoff games. Obviously. Because, guess what? What everybody's forgetting is that LeBron, like Kobe, played straight out of high school. Yeah. LeBron, just like Kobe, played straight out of high school. So he has three... Two or three years over Michael. So yeah, that gives you an advantage. Now, Kobe had shittier teams in L.A. from 2004-2007. Still took them to the playoffs. If LeBron had that shitty of a team, Kwame Brown or Smush Parker and company, LeBron would not be making the playoffs and LeBron would not be leading anything or doing squat, okay? Kobe dropped 81 points against the Toronto Raptors in a little over three quarters. The next closest guy to ever do that was Booker this past season for the Suns against the Celtic, the number one seed in the East. LeBron has, if LeBron is that dominant, why has he never done that? Mm -hmm. And LeBron is that dominant, why was Anthony Davis the one that had the most points in All-Star history? Huh? LeBron, just this year, out of all the years I've seen LeBron play, this is the first year that I can actually say he's taken some decent clot shots. Because most of the time, his clutchness in the last few minutes comes from getting to the foul line because he gets every single call or dunking the fucking ball. Yeah, if I was that tall too, I'd be dunking the ball every 10 seconds. But hey, I'll give him his due. I can't really hate him now. He's doing what he's doing. The Cavs will probably be in the finals again. It'll be him in the finals again. If he wins it, he's got four. I'll give him the GOAT title. 
when he has six. Just like I said, Tom Brady. I can't put Tom Brady ahead of Joe Montana until Tom Brady has more than four. And guess what? Tom Brady now has five. Now Tom Brady's the GOAT. Because even though he's lost at Super Bowls and Joe Montana went to four straight, Joe Montana didn't have as hard of competition as there is now. He basically beat Miami, Denver, Dan Marino, John Elway, back when Denver was going to finals and Super Bowl finals and just losing, and the Bengals twice. No. Tom Brady lost to the Eli. If it weren't for fucking Eli and the catch, Tom Brady would have two more. He'd have seven. So, again, same concept. I will give LeBron the GOAT title. I will talk about him not being judged for being great and all these whatever stats you want to pull up when he wins six. If he wins six. Because, again, I don't think he's the most valuable player on his team. I would say Kyrie is. Every time he wins in the finals, you can attribute it to somebody else. I've yet to see him win an an NBA title and say, you know what? That was because of LeBron. 100%. The one time where he was dominant, they lost to the Warriors. When Kyrie was out and Kevin Love was out. If he was that great, how how, how come they didn't win that one? They should have given him the MVP. I agree. But hey, um, the same argument that we're doing this year about how the MVP should go to the people who have the most wins. Yeah, same concept with the MVP should go on the winning team, not the losing team. Sorry. But hey, you know what? Whatever. It is what it is. Westbrook should deserve the MVP, as I've said before. LeBron didn't have the most triple doubles this year. What's up with that? If he's that great, he's never, ever come close to doing what Westbrook has done in the years that he's had shitty teams. If he's that great and that dominant, why not? Questions to ponder. Well, anyways, that is all we have in store for this episode. Hope you enjoyed episode 74. I will have the results of the Flying Pig weekend and the Skyline Chili Challenge with extra cheese and how that went in an upcoming episode. We'll discuss more. Uh, hit me up on my YouTube channel, Supermex. Check out the podcast on SoundCloud. Supermex is the name. Mixing Mind Matters. Uh, Facebook, Alex Ferrari, the Mexican. And check me out, out on Twitter too, uh, at SuperAssholeMex. The podcasts are linked to Facebook and Twitter. If you want to snap me, message me. Snap is at Supermex. Hit me up if you have any questions, any any concerns, any suggestions for more podcasts, anything I may have missed, or any comments about the show, just let me know, and I will talk about it, okay? But this was episode 74. Hope you enjoyed. Peace out, home slice. I got to go. Catch you guys later. Bye.